Hi, it is Kirsten again, um, and I have some really amazing news, and um, some. I have an article too that I'd like to share, so I'm going to try to figure out a way to make that accessible to everybody. Um, so I wanted to follow up with you all about um, my Cleveland Clinic uh, appointment and the test results that I've received from that. Um, once I was there, they explained to me that they thought it was actually, um, an intestinal issue. In fact, they said that I had inflammation in my gut lining and, um, that's where the abdominal swelling and stuff was coming from. And I had never really considered that those two things, well, first of all, I didn't know that they were two separate things. Um, I thought it was all linked to um, my reproductive system, but of course all that's down there together. So um, they put me on an unbelievably restrictive diet and it's, um, I would say it's basically vegan except you're allowed to have meat. (laughs) So... Uh, you know, the no, no grains, no dairy, um, you are allowed to have eggs and, um, no sugar. Um, so, which was, it wasn't unbelievably difficult for me as I, as much as I think it would be for some people, um, because my diet was already so restrictive. I had, you know, I had done the whole 30, you know, thing and, um, I, so I I fell into it pretty easily and, um, within two weeks I had, it was just, honestly, it was unreal. Um, the swelling had gone down so much and I had this moment, it was just this crazy moment where I went to go scratch my, my belly and, um, my hand instinctively stopped above where my body actually was because I, I assumed that, you know, my, my skin was going to be there. And it was really in that moment that I I realized how swollen I had been for so long. Um, and so, and it was this strange thing too, which of course this is like a lot of information, but that's the point of this. It's just being really open about my experience um, in the first couple of weeks, I, I just peed nonstop. It was just, it was honestly like, um, I kind of think of it as like a dam or something that's been broken and the fluid was just rushing out of my body. Um, and I had, was holding so much fluid. Um, and my knees stopped hurting. Um, it, they just quit. I mean, it was like it had never been there before. Um, and the aching, um, was gone and the test results started to come back in. And, um, what was unbelievable to me is it was really (laughs) showing problems with my intestines. Um, it was showing inflammation and I just, 
I couldn't believe that that could have something to do with my vagina. I mean, I know they're very close, but I'm like, how could that cause so much irritation there? And um, she explained to me, the nutritionist explained to me that your microbiome is is really this, um, well, it's an ecosystem, of course, but you have to be aware of uh, sort of the balance that's happening there because, uh, and I was reading in another um, a book, it was talking about how in traditional medicine, there, it's recognized that you have like three brains. So you have your brain brain, you have your heart brain, and then you have your gut brain. And um, the gut being kind of that base, that root point, if it is out of whack, then the entire system's out of whack because those three brains communicate with each other. And and that sounds really sort of metaphysical, but it made a lot of sense to me because if your gut is out of line, then nothing else can operate effectively because that's where so much of your nutrients are being absorbed. Um, and not only that, there's a lot I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called Hormone Intelligence. And I've just started it. It's by um, Aviva Rom. And her last name is spelled R-O-M-M, if you wanted to look it up. But and I've just started it, but it's talking about how the hormone relationship um, with the gut. And um, so it can throw your hormones out of whack. And anyway, I feel like I'm throwing <laughs> information, like all these things. But... It just, it was funny because I was talking to the nutritionist and I was like, I have just become like a believer or something. Um, and you, you, you see the difference or you feel the difference that this has in your own life. And you just kind of become obsessed with sharing that information because I know how badly um, I have suffered with this and, and the long term effects the and like mental and emotional effects that it's had on me um and it's like you're just desperate to tell people like hey do you need to try this um so i would really encourage anyone who is experiencing this to speak with um a nutritionist about this it's called the renew plan um but it's honestly, it's really fairly straightforward. Um, it's a lot like Whole30. Um, and if you, you know, you can get your hands on sort of like the Whole30 idea, then you've basically got it. Um, the only thing with this is it's much more restrictive about the types of fruits and vegetables you can have. Um, I was still allowed to have like certain starchy vegetables, like, you know, like butternut squash and that sort of thing. But um, the way the nutritionist, it was, it was fairly specific to, you know, what they felt like was going on based on, um, my description of, of symptoms. And I still had, they still haven't kind of told me, you know, what it is. Uh, however, hold on. This is part of having kids and trying to do a podcast. It's really fantastic, but Hey, can you turn that down, please? Um, just actually one of the reasons I haven't been able to do this 
for so long. <laughs> um, and the last time I was, I was doing this, um, the custodian at work walked in <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm sure the custodian really doesn't want to hear about my vaginal issues. So I kind of shut the podcast down, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So just speaking about your particular issues and they haven't told me, um, what it is. I am assuming that it's some form of like IBS and, um, as I was saying on the last podcast, apparently vulvodynia is very common in women with IBS. And um, IBS is really common in women who have experienced trauma. And um, that was that was really significant to me um, because I, I have, and without going into like, you know, a ton of detail, um, I, I feel like, you know, that trauma has like it's really it this thing about trauma is like you think that you're better and you think that okay well who got over that hump you know like now I should be kind of smooth sailing I'm better now and then it just creeps up on you in different ways and um I after the really bad um postpartum depression um with my third child I I'm wondering if you know there is some link there to that trauma and um how this has manifested in my body um after um after all of that and um you know especially I feel like as women we we stuff down um, our trauma and we, and again, like I say, it's like, and it's like, I know better, but I, 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 even now I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm so much better. I feel so much better. And it will just creep up and, and just knock you down when you least expect it. And, and what's even more maddening about it is it will do it in such a way that you don't even know that that's what it is. And so, um, you know, if you have experienced trauma, I would, you know, recommend and I'm speaking by the way to myself as well um speak like reaching out for uh counseling or, or therapy to and to talk about that because that's what's I feel like has been strangely therapeutic for me is having the opportunity to just vocalize um what I felt like, you know, was just this deep horror. Like I, I was in such a dark place and it's nice to be able to connect and just, and it's not like, you know, oh, it makes it go away, but it makes it easier to handle because it's like, oh, you can just discuss it. You know, you can talk about it. And then when you hear yourself talk about it, it, it gets it out of you. You know what I mean? Um, at least that's how I think about it. Um, anyway, I'm just all over the place now, but, um, I wanted to come back to the, um, article that I had mentioned. Um, I was, you know, when you have vaginal issues and, um, as I said on the previous, um, podcast, it's like, you know, and you keep having doctors look at you and say, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Um, they're, you know, it just, 
you start to feel crazy. And so you find yourself at two o'clock in the morning on um, the internet, just scanning, trying to find anything that relates to what you're experiencing. And um, indeed, I did. And it was so strange that it took so long for me to find this article. Um, But, you know, indeed, I did. And um, I wanted to share it with you. Um, I wish I don't I want to try to find a way to link it. Um, if I can do that, I have no idea. Um, let me get to it here. Sorry. If I can find it. Yeah, let me get that opened up. Um, it's called, uh, it was in a women's health magazine, but it was the, um, UK version. So England and, um, she discusses what's called cytolytic vaginosis. And I can honestly say when I read this article, it, I cried, (laughs) I really did. And if I could find some way to, you know, contact this woman, I would just be like, I just want to hug you. But of course, you know, they changed her name because nobody wants to be the woman with the angry, itchy vagina. Um, but she described my life um, for two years. And I, I wish that there was some way that I could just get out and like the scream it from the mountaintops, you know. Um, she talks about... Uh, the swelling, um, the stinging, um, the itching, and how it corresponded with her luteal phase. So for me, that's roughly nine to 11 days before my period. And um, then it would stop when she menstruated. That is, I'm like, that is my life. And I was just bowled over. And so she was talking about how she saw several gynecologists until she finally found a gynecologist who um, said, you know, what you're experiencing is an overgrowth of lactobacilli, which sounds crazy, right? Because you're thinking with the lactobacilli, that's the good stuff. That's what you want, because that's going to keep out, you know, the other things, you know, like yeasts and that sort of thing. But what people don't understand, at least I didn't, um, is that lactobacilli, they, um, they release something that's akin to like hydrogen peroxide. So um, I was, because I kept thinking I had a yeast infection, of course, and so I was slamming probiotics. Uh, I mean, the heftiest dose of probiotic you could get. I was drinking kombucha. I was eating kimchi. I was, I mean, yogurt, every single thing that I could get my hands on that, you know, promised to be probiotic, I was taking it. And um, she spoke about, you know, a very similar thing. That's what she was doing too. And the lactobacillus, she was basically, and I, in my, in a way, you know, you're basically douching with hydrogen peroxide, which you can imagine what that does to um, 
your vaginal lining. And so I immediately, after upon reading that article, I stopped taking all probiotics, you know, cooled it on the fermented foods, and um, just started drinking a lot of water. Um, cut, oh, that was the other thing about that. And like, you really can't have a lot of caffeine, so switched over to green teas and, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I have not had the vaginal, I like to call them flare-ups, because <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. I haven't had a vaginal flare-up for two months. And it's funny, because I'm i like, you know, and that's where the you get kind of this, I don't know, it's almost like a post-traumatic stress or something, but it's like you wait. And I'm in my luteal phase right now, and I'm just waiting and waiting. And obviously pleasantly surprised that nothing has happened, but... Um, if it does, I have an answer. And that was in that article. It is baking soda. That's it. Baking soda. She explains in the article why the, um, why you stop itching when you menstruate. And it's because your blood, right? Your period blood is alkaline. And it changes the pH of the vagina so that it sort of snuffs out or um, limits the amount of bacteria in the vagina. And baking soda has that same property. It's alkaline. So if you start to have a flare-up, go put yourself, you know, five tablespoons of baking soda into warm bath water and sit and let and and base it's kind of like a you know you're just soaking in baking soda and I am telling you from experience that it works it stops and um she had a really extreme case in which the doctor actually prescribed her um like baking soda suppositories now of course, I would never recommend anybody stick anything up their, their vag. But the um, what I did is I would make a paste with baking soda and water. Because, you know, you can't sit in the bathtub all the time. And um, I would just rub it on the exterior, you know, the external parts, the labia and um, everything. And also right on the inside of the vagina, not up into the vagina, but on right that kind of opening. And I would rub that paste. Just make sure that you don't have too much baking soda because then that, that stinks. But um, it it made it go away. And I mean like within 15 minutes made it go away. And again, it's just the relief, not only of just the pain stopping, but also of knowing that when it does happen, I have something that can help me. Um, it just, it, I have regained an unbelievable amount of confidence. Um, I mean, I, I now I pack baking soda with me everywhere, <laughs> but it's just knowing that it's like a sense of safety, like security, like, okay, well, if it happens, it's okay, because I know what I can do now. So again, that's called cytolytic vaginosis. And I would really encourage you all to look up that journal article on women's health and see if it applies to you. 
Um, again, it's one of those things that's not recognized mainstream. Um, the gynecologist, she was similar to me. Oh God, I can't even remember how many gynecologists I've been to at this point and the thousands of dollars I've wasted on, you know, creams and that whatever. But, um, she had one gynecologist basically look at her in the face and say, you can't have too much good bacteria. And it just speaks to how the medical community doesn't listen to women and how our experiences are treated as, you know, like, you're just crazy. You're just, you don't know what you're talking about. And um, how detrimental that is to, you know, the development and, you know, understanding of women's health. Um, so again, I would encourage you to look that journal article up, Cytolytic Vaginosis and Women's Health, keeping in mind that it was a UK publication, so it's like the British version. And um, also consider trying a Whole30 approach um, and, and see if that <clears throat> helps you with your microbiome, um, kind of readjusting the concentrations or the, I guess I should say the ratios of what you have going on in your gut lining. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, I'm hoping next time to have even more information, uh, about my test results, what I, um, found out, uh, have a follow-up appointment with the doctor and to share that with you all. And, um, I would also really like to try to find another lady who would be interested in talking um, with us about her experience. Um, again, this is about just being open about um, this this journey that is often so alienating, a- alienating, and you just feel so alone in it. Um, so, um, I hope this finds you all healthy and safe, and I hope that it offers you some hope. Um, baking soda. (laughs) I never, I never would have thought, but take care.